Hi, it's Steve Rode, your Get Out of Debt Guy. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to learn more about money, credit, and debt, or you're one of the many good people out there with bad debt and you want it to go away. But stick with me. Together we can make that happen. Either way, I'm here for you, and I believe a better and more financially successful future is ahead. It can be within your grasp. I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you find this or any of my podcasts helpful, please take a moment and leave a review on the podcast platform you're listening on. Your feedback and opinion matter to me. And if I've done a good job, your review helps others to find the podcast as well. And while you're there leaving your review, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Last piece of housekeeping. If you have a question or comment you'd like to hear on an upcoming podcast, you can leave me a voice message at getoutofdebt.org slash message. Or leave me a question for me to answer on my website by going to getoutofdebt.org slash question. Thank you so much for being a great listener, and I'm sending you a giant virtual hug in return. And now, on with the podcast. Hey, this is Steve Rode, your Get Out of Debt guy from getoutofdebt.org. CM wrote to me through my site. He went to IADT, that is the International Academy of Design and Technology. He said, I went to IADT, but didn't graduate. I left the school after my department was closed and merged with another. They didn't tell us they were closing for a couple of months. That surprised me. Instead, they told us we were just learning the basics in case we needed a more rounded skill. That wasn't true at all. Do I qualify for any type of student loan forgiveness with this school? I have both private and uh, federal loans that were heavily pushed on us. Well, CM, I got good news and bad news. When it comes to the federal student loans, there is a program through the Department of Education called the Borrower Defense to Repayment Program. And you can find out more about that at studentaid.gov slash borrower hyphen defense. And the Borrower Defense to Repayment Program allows federal student loans to be forgiven if the school was scamming students or acting fraudulently or was just bad news altogether. Now, this program has been around for a while. However, the ability to get your loans forgiven seems to swing with different uh, political administrations. Under the last uh, Trump administration, the Department of Education did everything they could not to grant forgiveness. Under the current Biden administration, they're doing everything they can to grant forgiveness. So the program is worth exploring but do it now. On the private loan front, well, your options are a little bit more limited. Navient recently announced $1.7 billion in private student loan forgiveness, and part of that goes specifically to students who went to scam schools. However, there is more to this story. Navient uh, gets to pick who is going to get this forgiveness, and it's not clear exactly who will, but if you do qualify for Navient Private Student Loan Forgiveness, you will be contacted. There is nothing for you to do. There is nobody to reach out to. It is basically, it's like a lottery. Uh, I can't 
give you reasoning how some people get some loans forgiven and not all. You could get some Navient private student loans forgiven that way if you had those. If you have private student loans through other lenders, well, there's no good answer. There is no requirement for private student loan lenders to eliminate or forgive any student loan debt at all for any scheme, scam, fraud, whatever. Thank you so much for writing me through getoutofdebt.org and sending me your questions, CM. Next, I wanted to give you an update on my experiment with cryptocurrency trading. For me, it's just too much like gambling in a casino, and I am out. I'm pulling the plug on my experiment with trading cryptocurrency. I've written about my experience in my introduction to crypto trading using automated algorithms. You can find that on my site, getoutofdebt.org. And these tools are hyped as being able to make trades on small movements and make half a percent here or 2% there. Now, some of the trades over the past four months did accomplish that goal, but more often, the losses were much more significant. My balance died by a thousand cuts, and when I hit my minimum emotional balance, I closed everything out. Now, in theory, I made an above-average effort to find what worked best. I did weeks of backtesting on as many as 50 different trading strategies on many crypto coins. I tested the major players as well as the altcoins. Backtesting pointed me to what should have been successful strategies. But when these configurations were put into place, the losses did not represent the results experienced on live trading. The differences were significant. A 14% gain in testing could result in a 20% loss in actual live automated trading. At the end of the day, it felt like gambling at a casino, and I don't particularly appreciate losing odds when it comes to investing. The crypto markets have been declining, and some may say this was just a lousy year to investigate crypto trading. And they may be right. My position was if miniature movement trading works in a down market, it will work in a rising market. So I tested and traded. The hypothesis about small movement trading is that small price movements made every hour can create small positive returns. And technically, that is absolutely true. Now, given the uncertainty of the future of many traded cryptocurrencies, it made no sense for me to continue buying and holding coins. The dollar cost strategy of making small ongoing deposits can generate returns if the general trend of the investment is upwards. For example, dollar cost averaging approach with $100 per week over the last six months would result in a 5% loss. Over the last year, it would result in about a 6.5% loss. But over the last two years, that same $100 a week, you would have been up 70%. A $10,500 investment would now be worth $17,875. That's pretty damn good. The results show that a regular and consistent drip investment strategy over the last two years results in a positive outcome. However, starting now and dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin, for example, or any other cryptocurrency will require faith the general trend will be positive. I've lost my faith. Bitcoin in the last year was at a high of $67,000, and now it is down to $29,000 per coin. 
Quick algorithmic rapid trading was the next option to explore if buying and holding coins were not in the cards. For me, it didn't work. And maybe you can find a better secret sauce or person that can deliver on a strategy that generates a consistent positive return in up and down markets where you don't have to invest and hold. But I'm cashed out and moving on. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau today made an interesting announcement. They're now requiring that companies that use complex algorithms and deny credit applications have to explain exactly why people were denied. The CFPB director said companies are not absolved of their legal responsibilities when they let a black box model make lending decisions. Rohit Chopper went on to say the law gives every applicant the right to a specific explanation if their application for credit was denied. And that right is not diminished simply because a company uses a complex algorithm that even it doesn't understand. Law-abiding financial companies have long used advanced computational methods as part of their credit decision-making process, and they've been able to provide the rationales for their credit decisions. However, some creditors now make credit decisions based on the outputs from complex algorithms, sometimes called black box models. The reasoning behind some of these models may be unknown to the creditors. Well, with such models, adverse action notices have to be given where there is a clear explanation. And that's where the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, ECOA, comes into play. ECOA protects individuals and businesses against discrimination when seeking, applying for, or using credit. And to help ensure a creditor does not discriminate, ECOA requires that a creditor provide a notice when it takes an adverse action against an applicant. That notice must contain the specific and accurate reason for that adverse action. Creditors can't just say, hey, the algorithm did it, not me. So here's the key takeaway to today's announcement. Creditors who use complex algorithms, including artificial intelligence or machine learning technologies, to engage in credit decisions must still provide a notice discloses the specific principal reasons for taking adverse action. There is no exception, none, for violating the law because a creditor is using technology that has not been adequately designed, tested, or understood. This is all a win for consumers, just like you and me. Hey, this is Steve Rode, your Get Out of Debt Guy. Join me again soon for the Get Out of Debt Guy podcast on your favorite podcast platform. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, Visit getoutofdebt.org, look for the Ask a Question link towards the top of the site, click and post, and I'm here for you. Bye.